Welcome to the Brighton Business Show on Radio Reverb 97.2, DAB and online at radioreverb.com. This is the sound of your city, Brighton's non-for-profit radio station. Okay, welcome to another edition of the Brighton Business Show. We're here for the August episode of the show with my amazing co-host, the amazing... Lindsay Clay. Lindsay Clay. Tis I. I can't believe it's August. I know. Where's the time going? This year is it's flying by, isn't it? You're blinking, it's, we're in the summer holidays, kids are broken up from school, unbelievable. We're, f- we're fully in it now, we're, it's <laughs> all happening, and the weather's turned, we had a beautiful <laughs> spring, didn't we, and then the summer yeah. hit and the, yeah, the weather went. <laughs> yeah, 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 Let's, uh, but I'm, look, being the optimist as I am, I'm sure that the sun will come. It's coming back. Of, for, for, for the rest of August. It's always coming back. Always. What have you been up to? What's been happening? Well... We've been up to loads, actually. It's been a really busy month at Connected. It's been great. We've had sold-out events with our Cocktail Masterclass with the Mixology Group, which is super fun. Uh, dinner at the wonderful G South. That was fantastic. Patonk is one of my favourites. Patonk. I love I've still Tonk. not done Patonk. Oh, it's so fun. Everyone is so competitive. It's really funny. So the Brighton Hope Patonk Committee, they host the event for us. They like show us how all the moves, and then we kind of run a series of games so everyone gets a chance to talk to each other. And it's just lovely. You're on the seafront. You've got the gorgeous view. Sunday morning. It's like the most relaxed way to start a Sunday morning. I love it. Saying about the weather, we did get um, the wind put paid to our uh, kayak in, which I was a bit annoyed oh, at. It's yeah. my favourite event, Sam. It's my favourite. The kayak in? Yeah, I love it. But yeah, the wind was not... The weather gods were not in our favour, so we're <laughs> going to do that one next month. And then just having loads of fun on the networking scene, went to the Barrow Club and obviously the BBBBC with you. Oh no, how cool was that? And we've done our first little BBBC bites. We did. Radio Reverb on the road. I know. We had a lovely awesome. time chatting to people. It's such a cool event. What have you been up to? Me, what's been going on? July. Been an exciting month. Yeah? Yeah. Tell yeah. me. So we um, are released the... Last episode of series four of the podcast. What series four? No series four. We've um, yeah, it's been crazy. I can't believe it. So over what sixty six episodes of the podcast 66. now, which has been amazing. That's we've had the twenty four, obviously from twenty four hour podcast. So yeah, it was awesome. Um, and had Gabby Peters on the last episode. Prior to that, Kiriakos Baksavanis, who we know very well, two fa- fantastic episodes. So it was absolutely brilliant. I loved it. Um, and this was the last series of what is known as the County Business Talks podcast. This is a big announcement, Sam. We've got a big announcement. Tell everybody. On July, I've been working on the rebrand for series five of the podcast. And it is going to be known as Different Hats. Can we just get a round of applause? Round of applause. This very, is- very excited about that. I'm not going to lie. So tell us a bit more about what Different Hats means. So it's just, look, I've done, um, as we know, the guys at Inside Stories done some great work with them. So I've got to give them a massive shout out. They come up with the fantastic name. I think it aligns with me quite a lot. Not just because I wear different hats. <laughs> Literally. Literally wear different <laughs> hats. But look, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as business owners, you know, we constantly wear different hats in different personas when we're out and about. And we, you know... Through, throughout the whole of the process when you started out right through to when you grow your business we still wear them different hats and and in different roles that they they relate to so um i think it just really aligned with what what, what it's about and it's uh, we've done the process with inside stories and what's come out of it is a te- new tagline for the podcast we know that everyone has a story to tell and i'm you know i love that and i love that people come on and share their stories with me but ultimately i'm just i want to 
try and help the world to see success differently. That's, I think, my ultimate goal from it. So um, I'm really excited. I've, had, I've already recorded some episodes for Series 5. It's going to be absolutely epic, so I can't wait to release that a little bit oh, later. I'm so excited for this for you. And as you said, Terry and Gareth are just amazing at what they do. So, yeah, business owners, if you're looking to look at your story for your business and your strapline and your pitch and understand kind of who you are and what you stand for then we definitely both highly recommend inside stories 100 100 and that leads us on nicely with the whole podcast theme for our august Ooh, episode nice little segue there sam it's almost as if we planned that isn't it <laughs> oh, what's our topic today <laughs> we are going to be talking a bit podcasting we've got two amazing guests on um both podcasters and we're going to have a little bit of a chat about about the podcasting industry about um podcasting general the growth in the industry over the last few years has been absolutely phenomenal obviously since i've got involved that's i was gonna say <laughs> you went to the market so <laughs> no one great way chuck it out there because <laughs> <laughs> i have it with connected brighton podcast where i was really surprised looking at the statistics kind of what makes a good podcast and actually mm. you know f- for the downloads it was a it was a lower number than i was expecting i was thought you'd have to have thousands before you would get anywhere near being in the sort of the top but actually, Connect is in the top 50% for the numbers of downloads that we get. And I love looking at the stats. I'm very much a stats and data person because then also you can use that for good or evil. <laughs> we use it for good. Um, but it's really fascinating to me, the podcasting world, like how you get into it, how you maintain an audience, how you measure it, what you do with it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And a lot of people I've spoke to, especially our guests that have been on, I've spoke to both of them about this. Um, and, you know, authenticity, consistency, they're the key messages, I think for me that um that really come out of the conversations i've had about podcasting i know since i've started i I was so sporadic at the start i was like one one week then three weeks later another one then five weeks later and it's like if i'm gonna do this let's do it properly and and throw myself into it and since what january 22 i've been every week which is which is an effort but when you love it you love it right and that is like real dedication because I do mine once a month Mm. and that kind of that seems to take up quite a lot of time just once a month so I always kind of tip my hat my different hat to you for doing one every week love what you did see what I did there Sam see what I did I'm going to get you a different hat Oh, can you? <laughs> of course, Amazing. Of course, of course. The other thing I'm excited about with these two is A, just to learn from them about kind of podcasting, but it's Pride Month in Brighton. Of course. And I'm so excited for this month. This is just like Christmas, isn't it? Brighton Christmas, like for sure. And both of our guests are prominent supporters in the queer community. So I'm really keen to understand from them in terms of what should businesses be doing to show up at this time of year. And also when it comes to podcasts, like I've done a Pride special for Connected, mm. but you want to make sure as a business you're not being gay for a day. Like, we need to be queer all year. And I think that's such an important message. So I'm really keen to see what these guys are going to tell us about that. Amazing. Well, shall we uh, shall we introduce our, our two amazing guests? Let's do it. We are delighted to welcome our special guest today, the wonderful Jeremy Jacobs from Cookie Jar Consultancy and host of the podcast, How Not to Run a Business, and the fab Alex Ryan, founder of marketing agency Marketing 101 and host of the Marketing 101 podcast, Big Steps for Small Businesses. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. Awesome, awesome to have you here. Thanks for having us. We are talking all about podcasts today. One of my most favourite subjects. (laughs) Have I mentioned I love podcasts? Sam's a a big fan. I don't know if we're we're aware. We know, we know. (laughs) We love the podcast. (laughs) We love the podcast. podcast. And also you go uh, prominent podcasters on the networking community. That's... uh, I feel like that's overstating it. But Do you think? <laughs> no, let's, we let's are podcasters. Yeah. I think you're both a very big deal. I don't know what you're talking Thanks. about. That's good oh, to know. A very had, big deal. A very big deal. If I had hair, I'd flick it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely think that you've got an amazing um, 
platform in terms of obviously LinkedIn, especially that's where I kind of follow you guys the most. But we've been really intrigued talking about podcasts. I've been running my Connected Brighton podcast now for just over here. December 2021 is when I started mine. When did you start yours, Sam? I was I was April 21. April 21. But like I said on on the intro, I mentioned about how I, when I first started, it was just dipping my toe in and going, well, I've done it one week and then there was a few weeks later and then I've done another one and then a few weeks after I've done another one until up from January 22 I literally was consistent so every Monday without fail I've had a, another episode out and that's definitely helped with the momentum and awareness and, and growing it in that sense but um, I guess I'm keen to just ask both of you really just podcasts have been around for a long long time and yet there's been a real surge over the last few years part of me goes oh has that been just because now I'm involved in it, I'm looking out for that a little bit more. Or obviously I went to the podcast show last year and this year actually, and just the growth in the industry as a whole has been massive. So mm. I'm just keen to get your thoughts on, on that. Let's go to you first, Alex. Oh, COVID, isn't it? It's got to be. <laughs> I know, just Always COVID. Straight in there with COVID. I think just COVID was this era of monumental boredom and i i think people got bored of replacing that with screen time so that increased listenership hugely you know we, we all know podcast to that kind of fantastic uh a halfway step between radio and 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 kind of um uh and anything live you know to to audio books it's that halfway step and it's something you can really feel growth you feel a journey you feel part of uh, a group and it's that I, I always reference I, when I grew up I was the Chris Moyles breakfast show and you felt mm. like you were getting up with your friends yeah. and that's what where podcasting fits in and why I think it sat so beautifully during the, the pandemic because we all needed those touch points of real humans and people making podcasts then as well they were living through the pandemic as well so it was a window into other people's worlds everyone feeling the same thing um, but yeah just that that boredom aspect and time to experience other um mm other mediums of of, uh, of entertainment and that point of vulnerability in, the, in covid i think like, we had that whole thing of it's you know different boats same storm and people helping people and we all kind of opened up a lot more than we've ever mm. done before and i think you're right having a podcast platform was far more engaging during that time because we were far more open and we had time to listen yeah yeah definitely well, um, would you did you listen to podcasts before and jeremy yeah i've always listened to podcasts i like the fact that like, I think what Alex said is spot on. You know, we we spent a lot of time staring at our screens through the pandemic. If you're working from home and you're at a computer all the time, and it and it's you're able to consume content without having to be at a screen. And we were only allowed to go out for our one government prescribed walk a day, so it was an opportunity to take something out and just listen to it. Um, I've actually been podcasting since 2004. I did my first podcast in 2004. I know. I've still got the episodes. Yeah, the (laughs) company I work for did podcasts way back then. And yeah, I've always listened to podcasts. It's great for when I'm driving in the car, going for a run, going for a walk. I wish actually things like YouTube made it easier for you to be able to listen to a video if it's possible without actually having to have your phone in front of you because mm. I like consuming content that way. So yeah, I've always I've always listened to podcasts. I absolutely love listening to them and recording them. Because it, certainly for me, I was definitely new to the game. I basically during lockdown was the first podcast I ever listened to. I mentioned it loads of times, a high performance one. I went on my morning run and I thought I'll chuck this on and literally that first episode I was hooked. But for me, the great thing about them, and I know me and you have spoke about this, Alex, and me and you, Jeremy, about the actually length of podcasts and what that 
looks like sometimes. I'm all, I was always conscious with mine. Oh, are they a little bit too long? Um, what does that look? But actually, for me, the beauty of a podcast because a lot of the ones I listen to and maybe two hours long. But I don't listen, sit there and listen no. for two hours. But you dip no. in. the beauty of the the medium is that you can dip in and out of a, and you feel part of that conversation, mm. right? That's yeah. what I love about it. It's more it's more of an audiobook experience than a mm. TV experience. On TV, mm. we finish the episode we're watching, then we go to bed. Mm. Audiobook, you don't wait for the end of the chapter. You hit pause when you're done and and, and you move on. I think, and that's because people feel a bit silly stood around listening to to the end of something. Do you know what I mean? Like if you you're doing the washing up, you're listening to your podcast or your audiobook, and, and then you move on. You tidy everything up and then it's bed you've got nothing else to do standing in the lounge with your arms folded for 10 minutes whilst you get to the end of that episode just feels a bit silly so you just stop it and i think it's yeah length of podcast just doesn't really make any difference to anyone unless i think the only difference is when you're doing something truly educational and you need to make them bite size consumable parts because um, you're 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 marking 101 five minute like bite size yeah we do episode. news which is five minutes long yep. uh weekly and then we do 20 minute kind of 20 to 30 minute education mm. you know on a, on a specific subject um, mm. yeah but then other other podcasts i do we go on for 45 minutes to an hour because mm. it's mm. conversational it's chit chat and just let it ride like you know see 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 where you go i think that's an interesting point about what your podcast is for so you're mentioning about you know is yours educational is it one person just talking you know on Connected, we always have a few voices. Obviously, Sam does one-on-one interviews, so it mm. feels very personal and very intimate. Because I know for me, starting the Connected one, it was a, a another channel to engage mm. my audience. Like That was our kind of initial reason for doing it. Um, and to be able to really showcase Brighton and, and Brighton people. So I'm interested from both of you in terms of what was the trigger for you in starting your podcast and what was it you wanted your audience to feel? Jeremy? For me, um, I kind of started it by accident. I always knew that I wanted to start a podcast and a friend of mine who has a podcast agency had done me a really good deal um, and said, I'll produce 12 podcasts for the price of four. And I was like, mad not to take him up on it. That happened during the pandemic. And then I went through the process of closing my business. And so I didn't have the capacity to, to, to do it. And then eventually he was pestering me saying, when are we going to get started? Then I had to come up with a, a topic. I always... I mean, if you know me well enough, you know I like to talk. Um, I used to make little um, uh, radio programs on my little uh, cassette player um, when I was a kid, a teenager. Oh, not a teenager, actually, no, that's very uncool. But when I was in like, my 10, I used to call these little um, radio station things on my on the tapes. I used to love talking. And um, I needed to come up with something to talk about. And so I chose failure as the kind of core subject. That's why it's called How Not to Run a Business. And it's talking to other entrepreneurs and also having conversations with myself because my format is one week is solo episode and second week is interview. The only reason I did the solo episode was because I was struggling to be able to find enough good people to interview on a weekly basis. I actually started mine for the first probably about nine months. I did an episode every two weeks because that was the level that I could deal with me producing the podcast myself. I then went to weekly at the beginning of this year, but I've actually taken a pause over summer because it's a lot of work, as you'll all know. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work to produce a podcast, especially if you're interviewing someone. And so I chose the subject of failure and how not to run a business because when I was dealing with the closure of my business, I remember Googling, how do you deal with closing a business? Because no one was talking about <laughs> it and I didn't know where to turn. Thankfully, through social media, LinkedIn, and my network, I managed to speak to some people who've been through that experience. But in my conversation, I've realized so many people have closed businesses um, and they don't talk about it. 
So I thought I'm going to throw myself into it and rather and avoid it. And I think for me, podcasting is the only platform I think that would truly work for that kind of conversation. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I love, I actually, I love your solo episodes as well. I've listened to uh, quite a few of them. And I, I've never done that myself, but you talk really openly, honestly and authentically about your experience. Me and you have spoke about it many times about, mm. about failure and what that looks like to people and how we deal with that. And that's the beauty for me of podcasts and what's come out of the whole lockdown thing is that actually we can normalise this conversation. Like we, One of the yeah. reasons we start with the Brighton Business Show, one of our main things is can we talk about taboo subjects? Can we create a platform where we can talk openly and honestly about anything? Yeah. Why, why not? Like, why can we not? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think it's a very good point because, like, I mean, you, you're not going to be able to see where we're sat, but I'm sat in my office in, in Hayward's Heath and you guys are down in Brighton. And I've got a little studio set up in my thing. I can rock up and have a conversation with with my audience at any time and and I can do it on the spur of the moment and I do think having to set up a camera because I don't record mine at the moment I literally just do the audio having to set up a camera make sure it's all set up edit that as well is so much more work so for me it's such an accessible platform and it's the the barriers to entry to getting started are incredibly low so I, I'm a big fan of it. That is a great thing isn't it in terms of anybody being able to start a podcast and especially for your topic we've talked a lot about positivity bias haven't we of you mm. know smack smile on it and we'll all be fine and yeah, yeah. I'm really busy and everything's fine so just having a really important topic like yours that doesn't focus on that and things don't always go right and actually the learning that you can have mm. from failure which I know you've talked about a lot especially for the people listening whether you're a business owner or you work for a business just being able to have access to that kind of information and frank and authentic information that you're giving I think is really powerful yeah no I agree and, and actually just because we're all we all go through their moments and actually you just you need that validation I guess from other people to go out oh, actually you're going through it as well mm -hmm. that makes me feel better about myself and then we can open them conversation we can go on it a little bit more I think um I, w I wanted to come to you Alex as well just touching on Jeremy's point from a marketing point of view between the audio and visual side of things as well what does that look like podcasting being are yours all audio do you, you yeah don't feel audio any? only audio yeah. only what, what's your take on the new because podcasting has gone down that route youtube spotify video and stuff like that as well what, mm. what's your take on that i wish i'd filmed every episode really? uh, if i'm honest yeah i mean so my, my my podcast my entry to podcasting was actually a, a, a mate's podcast and it's still my most successful podcast today it's called the stupid boys club it's not suitable for work um, <laughs> but it is incredibly funny if i may say so myself and that was just a, it was just a way of me keeping up with my two best mates during the pandemic it was literally that it was we we can't see each other we can't go and hang out can't do festivals we can't do board games nights so what can we do launch a podcast and it's a beautiful thing it's stopped now we might bring it back at some point but it's a snippet of our lives during the pandemic but also we talk about all of our ridiculous experiences together and it's 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 a beautiful beautiful thing and it would have been perfect for tiktok because it's got a lot of you know I had people tell me they spat their food out laughing halfway through, you know, at one particular comment here and there. And those those kind of very uh, funny moments, I wish we had videoed them because I could get them on TikTok now and I could probably revive that whole podcast again without having to do any more episodes. You know, there's two series there and it's and it's all great. So I definitely think if you're starting now um, and you're planning to do social media marketing, which is kind of the only thing that we can do for podcasting there's not many options then yeah film if you can even if it's just mm. on your camera phone get it set up 
and just you know keep a pen and paper nearby and when you have a little moment it, it doesn't have to be hilarious it could be really insightful or just a quote write down the, the timestamp we call it you know exactly when that happened in your recording and go back and clip it up and, and share it when you publish the episode so i do think video is really really important now it's not vital yeah. but if you can do it do it can i add to that quickly i completely agree i've got my iphone and a clamp just above my um monitor and i keep on meaning to do it the amount of times i've got to the end of the podcast i haven't gone damn it i should have pressed <laughs> to, to set it up and that's something i will do this year because i think alex you made a very good point it's you know to to promote a podcast i do think having content on social media is is important and actually riverside's um a platform that i use to record my podcast has now just launched an ai yes um feature that will actually look through your audio and your video and suggest clips and cut them out for you nice. so i haven't played around with the features literally only just launched so you know there's there's technology out there that will support you to do that but i i completely agree alex it's a very good point if you've just tuned in you're listening to the brighton business show on radio reverb 97.2 fm yeah you've mentioned already about you know it's it's a low barrier to entry in terms of cost you know people doing this in their in their bedrooms under their duvets to make sure the sounds mm-hmm. um cut out etc and just on your phone see alex you've done a whole course to help people in terms of setting up podcasts oh thank you for the plug uh, yeah, I, zero I, I, to podcaster we are, we're here to help we're here that's to help the, that's the course yeah it's called zero to podcaster and you can find it on zero to podcaster.com um it was really interesting experience actually weirdly i had the idea and a year before it actually kind of came to fruition um as a lot of ideas of mine do they I, i'm one of these people i need things to bed in and realize how i'm realize how i'm going to realize them you know that's that's really important to me um but yeah it's it's um it sounds overwhelming to people because i say it's zero to podcaster in 30 days it doesn't have to be 30 days the idea was just you know do a couple of hours a day or an hour a day or whatever and you'll be there by the end of the month but actually really the the bits that i think are a barrier to entry so people worry about the wrong stuff they worry about equipment it doesn't matter. You can use your iPhone headphones, right? With, with a simple, you've got Adobe um, Auto Audio Edit right now. So there's an AI audio editor that is free. So you don't need to worry about that. You can edit your audio for free. So you can use your headphones um, and you can record straight into a free program called Audacity. That's what people worry about. Or technology, so forget that. And then they worry about, well, how do I get it onto Apple? Who has to approve that? Who puts it on Spotify for me? And again, as we all know as podcasters, there's programs that do it and they'll do it for free. Um, I, I use pod, uh, what do I use? Buzzsprout. What do you guys use? I use Libsyn. Libsyn. I've got Acast. Acast. I'm Acast as well. Yeah, and then Acast, Anchor is yeah. the big free one. I think they inject adverts, sometimes unwanted adverts, and that's why it's free. But we're not talking big money. So those are the, those are the barriers. The barriers is the creativity, making something good. Coming up with a name, uh, you know, different hats, beautiful, glorious, what a name. Um, but coming up with a name that means something, coming up with a, a subject matter that hasn't been covered. I mean, that's one way to st- stand out. One of my um, uh, acquaintances has a podcast all about pipe drive, which is a CRM. Right? Sounds really, really boring. He's the only person in the world. You put the word pipe drive into any of your podcast platforms. His is the only podcast that comes up. He gets leads from it like that. So find that niche. Mm and you're on to a win. And that's what's difficult, is making something that sells. I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> just so you know. But something that sells, that's, what, that's what's difficult. That's the barrier. How did you find that, Jeremy, in terms of finding your niche in your podcast? Um, well, it was, it was quite... I mean, I think it just came, it just came to me. As in like a, uh, it just came to me in terms of just thinking. It, was, it definitely was part of the thought process, because the process that I went through with... with um, Alex Chisnell, who's got the podcast agency that I set it up with, he gave me a load of 
workbooks and things to work through to come up with ideas. And I did actually spend quite a lot of time. So it's a bit inauthentic for me to sit here and say, I just came, came up with this idea. And part of that thinking process was about having a niche. And there is another bit, very well-known podcast called How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. She's a journalist. She's been doing very well. She, But she just talks about failure in a general sense. Mine is all about business and entrepreneurs and having conversations because you know we we fail all the time even though people like don't like talking about it um and and when I found that and when I said ah that's what I want to talk about it was a given and I didn't really spend an awful lot of time you know um Alex you'll know you know as marketers you want to go out and do some research and and see whether or not you know what the competition's like etc uh, I didn't do that because it's me. It's 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 me. It's Jeremy. I get a lot of positive feedback about how I talk and how open and honest I am. Sometimes too honest. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, they like my style, and you can't. You, you can try, but you can't copy me. You can't copy you, Alex. You can't copy you, Lindsay. You can't copy you, Sam. We're all individual, unique people. So, I think um, Alex's tip about find you know finding some niche is is excellent, but also put your you are the niche as well as much as anything else so yeah it's yeah. just get on alex's course and get there and get out there and start having a conversation and that's great business advice full stop isn't it yeah. you know there's a hundred coffee shops in brighton doesn't shops stop someone opening a coffee shop mm. you know we're all you're individual and you'll all attract the right people back, to you it's back to the thing how many times have we said on on here on our own podcast i'm sure but people buy from people right and that mm, that is yeah. what it is so people some people respond to me and my podcast differently to how they would respond to maybe your one for example but it's because we put our own our own spin on it and people are buying into mm -hmm. us as, as individuals which is i just want to yeah just want to hit you hit your beautiful voice and your accent <laughs> yes it's twang i've tried <laughs> doing a voice coaching uh, but, i'm trying to get rid of it no uh, no, no never of love course, it and um, but an, an important question to ask is why are you doing it like yeah. why do you want to start a podcast because if you want to like try and go up against Stephen Bartlett or something then good luck um you know it's an important question to ask I I've got leads from mine but that's not my intention of doing it my intention of doing it is to help people and to have a conversation and it's almost a little bit like therapy as well so <laughs> I think that's an important question is just ask you know why are you doing it and focus on that more than like numbers or you know high profile whatever 100% I, I definitely agree with that point about and actually from individual and I'm sure we've all got it the amount of look it's been the biggest education thing for me personally like ir irrespective of I get no listeners and no views for, on a personal level the amount what I've learned from nearly 100 episodes of the podcast is priceless mm. for me like yeah and, and moving yeah. on like, looking at actually a question I get asked all the time when I'm out in a band, people go, oh, you know, podcast guy, chatting to me about podcasting. Going, how have you monetized it? That's the first thing people, are, so I'm keen to, do you do you guys get asked the same question? What are your thoughts around monetizing of a podcast? Talk to me about that, go, Alex. So, yeah, I was lucky enough to have one of my podcasts uh, monetized, which is which is great. I mean, well, one of my podcasts, I, I actually get paid to create, which is a really lovely place to be in. So, uh, that's it's called the Product Cast, aka the Prodcast. It's um, one I make for the Giftware Association, which is a kind of trade body mm. um, that I, I sit on the board of. Um, and so that's a really nice thing. And, and on their behalf, I then went and, and found some um, effectively sponsorship um, was how we went. There's there's loads of ways you can monetize. You can either sponsor, you can advertise, or you can be an affiliate. Okay, so a sponsor is literally someone who pays you 
for every show and you put their message at the beginning on the end or you don't put a message you just make it really subtle you know this podcast is brought to you by uh, xyz thank you so much for the support on with the show you can run an advert they can play their advert at the beginning middle or end um, or you can be an affiliate and those i think generally that's what people are used to on podcasts there's a lot of um mattress selling on podcasts <laughs> i don't know if you notice that there's lots of like squarespace is advertises on every podcast in america it's it's crazy um so yeah, there's lots of ways to do it but you're probably not going to be able to that, that's that's the honest truth right one uh, percent of podcasts manage to become monetized so it's really really difficult that being said i think that's only true if you go down the traditional route of trying to attract an advertiser if you look to your community and try and find someone whose brand aligns with you, um, then you're going to have a much easier time. So if we, you know, as podcasters, look to the other people in Brighton who have businesses, who network, and um, who appreciate us and what we do, and we can be we can be honest about the numbers. And you know, numbers aren't everything. You know, but if you get one listener, that's an hour of someone's time. If, if you know, or forty five minutes, for, you know, that, that you've got from that human being. Um, but you can be honest about it, and, and, and it doesn't have to be big bucks, loads of cash, but just something in return for you promoting their brand. Um, so I would look close to home. Um, don't try, you know, going down the, the, the big bucks routes. You can sign up for an affiliate scheme. You'll get paid naffle. Can I say mm -hmm. naffle? You can say it, naffle. It's, it's rubbish because you, you either got to sell a mattress and you're, what, someone's going to be persuaded by that once every few months, or you're selling something so small, like a Squarespace login, that you're getting pennies each time. So I wouldn't go down that route either. Just yeah, trying to no, be sensible with it. But back to uh, most Jeremy's point as well. Actually, why are you doing the podcast in the first place? If it is like you said, I'm gonna I'm gonna set out. I'm gonna become rich and famous by getting my podcast to the top. Probably unlikely. But actually, there are other ways to do it. And like again, because of mine, I guess I go for mine experience having that intimate con when you're there for an hour and a half you i'm sure you'll back me up here jeremy as well and obviously with your your cause but that intimate conversation with someone the relationship you build mm. with them over that period of time is you know w mm. from a from a business point of view is amazing that you can and yeah. i've got them people to become partners with county business clubs and stuff uh, another way to, yeah. to think about you know we're talking about business here yeah. of course on this show is is to monetize it in a slightly different way which is thinking about the people that you're going to invite onto that show who could be a perfect supplier a potential client those golden goose referrers it doesn't have to be about numbers and money in the pocket it could be about the relationships that you make because as you're stepping into your industry you can reach out to someone that you wouldn't reach out to and go do you want a coffee they might you know you, the rejection we all have that fear but do you want to be on my podcast we talk about business we talk about this we talk about that we talk about life stories so that person is going to be much more receptive to a personal invite to come and you know sit on a podcast than they are to a coffee with some they, someone they've never met so i think there's mm. there's just as you said it's what you want to get out of it jeremy um but also and, and, well and different ways of thinking about how it can be of value to you my, my main value for my marketing podcast is i get stuff to post about on linkedin every every month every two weeks content 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 content, content what, mindset what about you jeremy in terms of monetization um i i did think about doing sponsorship at the beginning um i had a few conversations with people um i agree with alex i think um it's 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 tough and it also i don't want to become this kind of like as when you said mattress i was like yeah actually i can think of a lot of like companies <laughs> who advertise mattresses on on podcasts um and it's more it's way more more than about that than 
So I'll start that again. It's way more. I go, oh my god, I can't talk. Today. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> we got I'm, you. We got if you. If you listen to my podcast, if you listen to my podcast, you'll know that I'm really crap at remembering. Oh, sorry, I'm allowed to swear. Um, too late now. Uh, I'm not very good. You can cut that bit out. At um, remembering phrases, so I'm I'm no good. But um, the point is, there's there's way more to it than that. And as you say, like I've I've had. I think the biggest thing for me actually is I've ha- had at least. I would say 30 or 40 conversations with a wide range of entrepreneurs and I, and I've learned so much from them. So I'm building my knowledge and my skills as an entrepreneur and a business owner through those conversations. Um, that for me is, is great. I've definitely had people contact me through uh, as a lead and said, I've listened to your podcast. I really like because people get to know and like, and trust me a lot faster through my podcast than if they were seeing a LinkedIn post because they know, you know, I mentor and coach business owners. They know whether or not they're going to get on with me by how I talk. And I've had a lot of people come through and say, I've listened to your podcast and I really like your style. So for me, that is, that's enough. Definitely becoming like a 4D in terms of Connected Brighton, you know, being able to talk to people and them hear my voice. And, you know, we have sponsors for our podcast as part of overall marketing for Connected Brighton and what we do. And obviously that's all about supporting and championing independent brands. So, again, it just gives me another platform to push our amazing sponsors, Mm. Nostos, Little Jasmine, Mm. Cat Fitness, (laughs) Um, who are all fantastic local brands. And so I've definitely found that as well, Jeremy, in terms of just giving people another way to digest your content is is very again mm. really powerful. Can I, just before we move on to the next part of th- this conversation, I do want to just touch on the, the numbers side of it. Would you say, as you mentioned a little bit earlier there, Alex, would you say that actually just forget, don't worry too much about the numbers, like because it could it could be potentially people start out and depending on again why your reason for doing it, but it can be quite demoralising if you do it. Mm. And you go, oh, I've got forty downloads or. I've got five views on YouTube or something like that. And I've put all this effort into putting that content out there. But what, what, what's your advice on that? Like th- looking at numbers and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the numbers are there for a reason because again, if we're talking business, you don't want to be wasting your time. Mm-hmm. So I'd say just focus on progression. Um, a- anyone that's done podcasting knows that five downloads is great. 10 is great. Like 15 is great. Um, 40 is pretty good, right? For an episode. So I think people have, they definitely have unrealistic expectations of, of what a, a podcast can do by way of downloads because they are so accessible. But they're very hard to find. You know, you're very hard to stand out from the crowd. So um, I would say focus on progression. Keep your expectations low to start off with. Remember that one listen is worth way more than one like on Facebook or Instagram, right? One listen is a person that's given you their time and you've been in their lug hole whispering your message <laughs> telling me about your brand my dulcet tone exactly um but but you've 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 spent time with that person so if you get 50 downloads on a half hour podcast you know that's 25 hours that's a just over a day of life uh, that has been given to your podcast so give give the right emphasis to a single listen and look for progression let's be honest i, I don't want to be all you know rainbows and everything's wonderful you don't carry on forever if you're if you keep getting 10 downloads at every episode mm. then again go back to why are you doing it if it's content 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 crack on doesn't matter if you want progression then expect progression mm. and if it's not working change it up you know um or end it start something new um so that's that's what i'd say always look for more but don't expect too much the stats are fascinating though aren't they because we were talking um just before we came on air of 
actually what does make a good podcast mm. and I was really surprised when I first started looking at the stats like I love data in my business 100% and actually for my, for Connected Brand we're in the top 50% of podcasts and mm. Sam you're in the top 25% I believe so nice. which is which is fantastic isn't it because there's so many people that are doing podcasts who aren't being consistent to both of your points around you know what you're saying how you're saying it how long you say it for you know you've got some some great stats that you pulled out Sam yeah so for, from Alex Chisnell's post who, who obviously Jeremy said to me to follow and I do I follow him on your recommendation and he put a really good post out the other day I think you might have commented on it um, Jeremy but no, there's 4 million podcast titles listed on Apple yet 25% of those have only produced one episode mm. like, things like that and like, I, I, what's your guy only f- 500,000 podcasts that had released new content in the previous 90 days and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? You look at that. The opportunity is there. Yeah, there is an opportunity. So mm. you get into it, you go, oh, it's such a saturated market. Everyone's podcasting now, such a saturated market. Actually, when you look at it and you go at them figures, and like 50% have given up after 10 mm. episodes. So when you go, like, all of us have done a lot more than 10 episodes, mm. and you go, actually, mm. we're, we're there. We're in it for the long haul and that consistency. And the more and more people I speak to about it, as long as you can you believe in what you're doing, you're doing it authentically, you keep getting it out there on a regular basis, I think, you know. But does your competitor have a podcast? That's the thing as well. People yeah, think it's saturated, yeah. but you know, how many people doing exactly what you do have also got a podcast, mm. especially again, if you're working locally. So yeah, there's saturated and then there's, you know, there's a mm. Facebook page. Everyone's got a Facebook page. Not all your competitors have a, a you know, a podcast or a TikTok account, you know, there's, even though you're not a first adopter, you can still get in there. There's there's room for everybody. All threads, obviously all threads. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, to, well, we want to also talk about Pride because mm. it's Pride Month in Brighton, which Yay. is very exciting. And I've just done my Pride special for my podcast, which we also did last year with the wonderful The Only Ruffles, who's now our kind of our tradition is always to get Ruffles on the show, which is absolutely brilliant. But I was really, we were really keen to talk to you both about Pride linked to both podcasts and doing podcast specials in terms of being authentic because I think there's there can be a real issue especially in Brighton when it comes to pride where businesses are gay for a day yeah and we should be queer all year love and it. I think there's I'd really love to get your <laughs> opinion on that in terms of both from a podcast perspective also just as businesses like how should we be showing up this month especially in Brighton Alex what's your views well I, I'm I guess I'm relatively immersed in this um I can't remember if you said it at the top that I, my involvement with um, Gadio. So I'm, I'm the, the chair of um, Gadio Brighton, which is the, the, the biggest um, queer radio station in the world. Uh, Gadio prefer the terms LGBTQIA+, um, which is their choice. And my choice is to use the word queer, because um, that's probably what this entire thing is about, right? Is allowing people to express themselves how they want to, to be expressed. Um, I think it's... There's two very important steps that a, a business really needs to take. Um, and the first one is the most important, which is to look internally. I think that's the, that's the, the, the real um, key is that pinkwashing, you know, the gay for a day thing, pinkwashing, pridewashing, queerwashing, whatever you want to call it, is all about companies going external with how much they support their uh, queer members of staff, um, or you know other queer businesses or the queer community at large, um, and not doing anything internally, and that is a, it is a real real issue. Um, in the same way that it, it has been, you know, with eco friendly and sustainability things. So, I mean, the, the easy the easiest answer is that there is accreditation you can now go for. It's called Pride three six five, um, 
and their job, their organisation, uh, just go to, I think it's just pride.org, you can find them on, yeah, oh, into pride.org, or, yeah, pride.org, both of those, you can find Pride365, and it's basically, that is a way they kind of check, validate, certify, and work with businesses that are able to demonstrate that they are not pinkwashing, they are the opposite, um, so that's a, a short answer, I mean, I, I, I can definitely offer some advice in regards to what businesses could do on a day-to-day business uh, on a day-to-day basis if you wanted to kind of dig into that but i don't know if jeremy's got any any uh, initial thoughts before we go into detail well yeah i um i wrote my dissertation on lgbt authenticity in the workplace and working practice that influenced that so that was the subject of my mba dissertation so i've i did about a year researching this this subject um and uh, and alex hits the nail on the head um it's a common disagreement within the lgbtq plus and again just to reference alex's point that's how i refer to it we all have a different way of referring to our community there's a there's a there's a debate there's a discussion about whether or not you know you go down to brighton pride you see all of the floats you see all of these companies and what you've said the gay for a day type of thing and some people absolutely loathe it and think that it's pink washing and some people think any support is good and I do think it kind of it can take away the the importance of what the issues that we face as a community are. Yes, we live in a country where we have great rights. I got married two months ago to a man, right? And that wouldn't have been possible ten years ago, twenty years ago. Well, I, I'm, don't test me on my dates, <laughs> but you know, whenever. But you look out to the world, what's going on in the world? Um, the what's even going on in the in the US right now? Italy doesn't recognise same sex marriage. There's only a few countries in the EU that actually recognise same sex marriage. Um, so, you know, we, we're faced challenged on a daily basis. I'm 42. I grew up in a world where, and I still see messages where we're told it's not okay to be who you are because a certain group of people say that it's that it shouldn't be this way, and. I still show up to very masculine, male-dominated networking groups or environments in business, and there's still this tiny bit of hesitation of when I say my husband, are they going to, how are they going to react? That that happens on a daily basis for a lot of people. And, I, and, and I'm a gay man. Think about the trans community. Think about parts of our community which face even more um, prejudice and discrimination. So it is an absolute challenge and companies will some some out there are pinkwashing and just doing what they need to do to show it. But the work definitely starts in internally and it starts at the top. It starts in the leadership teams. Um, you know, I, I, I spoke to public sector, private sectors, small businesses, uh, professional services, uh, you know, a whole range of com- people that worked in the companies. And the response was very different, but there was nuances, particularly with small businesses. That was where the biggest problem was because the owner has so much authority to decide the culture and the policies and the working practices of the businesses. And I spoke to one guy and he was felt so um, outside of the culture because he didn't want to hang around with the straight men and the girls, all, this is his words, the girls all wanted to hang out and he felt like he couldn't fit in and he felt that his career progression was hindered because the owner of the business was a straight man and wasn't particularly friendly towards him. So, 
there's a lot of work to be done and i think my biggest thing is is listening to all of your employees there needs to be a clear upwards channel of communication a way for your employees to anonymously or not feedback to you about how they feel and what challenges they face because i can't sit here and pretend to know what it's like to be a woman the only reason that i will understand a challenge the challenges women face is to sit down and have a conversation and when you do that it's eye-opening so i think that's the biggest thing i would say on my little mini rant <laughs> to, your, no, it's, to your question it's, it's interesting you, you you mentioned uh you know the plights of women there because i think it's really important that to, to note that whilst you've invited us in to talk about uh pride covering the, the queer community Everything that you need to do for that community is what you need to do for every minority, whether it's, you know, sex, race, religion um, or disability or mental health um, or, or, you know, what you might call a, a temporary minority. So um, uh, b people becoming parents or uh, someone experiencing bereavement, everything that you need to do, it, it, you just need to do across the board for everyone because we're, we're all just experiencing our own life. I always like to think uh, we're all just, you know, bottles of water with dip different labels right there's still water inside and if you if you truly want your business to be that business that that embraces and can and, and can really say and not be found out as otherwise that you are progressive and inclusive um and forward thinking and diverse um and and have equity not just equality right but e equity is in um, equity is is understand equality is everything's fair equity is understanding that different people have different needs and therefore not everything can be fair so someone might need more financial investment or more of your time because they are different so equity is that level even deeper than equality if you really want to say that then it has to be across the board to everyone you cannot pick and choose your minorities minorities that pick and choose their minorities are even more outrageous um, but as a business you have to be able to support absolutely everybody and it, as as, um, as jeremy said it starts at the top it starts with things like your language okay so do you have a chairman of your board or do you just have a chair of your board it's not complex but just think about those those words that you say um as jeremy said asking for feedback there's nothing wrong with asking i have a friend who um launched a uh, a business in um uh, another country i'm going to keep this person anonymous um they launched a business in another com com uh, country and their bottles of water kept being left in the cubicles of of the toilets and they were really confused about this but they're very progressive and they are a truly inclusive business so they had the sensitivity to to do a bit of googling and ask some people first sensitively and discovered that um the 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 muslim population or, of their staff rather their, their muslim muslim staff needed to wash both their hands and feet on a regular basis you can wash your hands in the sink but washing your feet is not quite so easy so bottles of water taken in uh to cubicles to wash their feet in there so now they understand and they've asked that question they can actually make um they can make improvements mm -hmm. so it's not just listening it's actually making improvements it might just be putting a cupboard on the wall that they can put the bottles away in or it might be a more permanent you know i, I don't know hose-based solution but whatever it is you know they can actually do that so asking listening no one's gonna be offended by asking if you're doing it with their genuine interests um at heart but also i think even you can uh, obviously sometimes the feedback needs to be anonymous but if you can encourage people to be open about the feedback and and to, to for it not to be anonymous then First of all, you're you're saying actually your feedback is not embarrassing. Y your perspective, your lifestyle, everything that you do is not embarrassing. So be open about your feedback. But then you can ask them, you can empower them. Okay, so you can say, 
amazing. Can you lead this change? Can you draw together some people, come back to me, little focus group, um, and lead that change? And I think that's really empowering because, it, again, it's not just about saying you're doing it. It's not just about asking. It's actually about doing and making those changes so that people it's not it's not about not being exclusive it's about being inclusive what can you do as an employer to make everyone feel like they are appreciated and can be exactly who they want to be and your benefit as an employer because that's how you get the best out of your people that's how you get access to new minorities or from a marketing perspective learn how to sell to a minority that you didn't understand how to get into that minority mm-hmm. before by including people if you've just tuned in you're listening to the brighton business show on radio reverb 97.2 fm I definitely know from my corporate days that we had um, different committees for kind of every different type of minority possible within our organisation and they were very well supported and I think one of the most inclusive places I've ever worked was a utilities company because we celebrated every religious festival it wasn't just mm. Christmas and I think that's a very typical one as well in terms of are you being truly inclusive if you're only celebrating yeah. kind of Christian traditions mm. um, and celebrating everything and I know from previous employers working you know in like the proud networks for example and especially in Brighton when it comes to pride you know the companies that do put floats forward and who want to show that they are an inclusive employer and the difference that can make if to your point you're truly walking that walk and it's something that you are doing all year round and we talked about this a bit with Mo and Emma didn't we Sam mm. in terms of making sure that you are a truly inclusive import employer yeah. and the benefits that that can bring to you regardless of size obviously because our listeners could be very small businesses to big businesses and we always want to make sure that we're giving our advice to everybody like so we understand with big employers you can have lots of these mm. committees because you've got so many people but when you're small to your point Jeremy it's just making sure that your leadership filters down to however many staff you've got if you've got less than 10 for example that mm. you're truly living and breathing those values yeah no i agree and i think i think that taking a few points out of what what you've sort of said there actually again what we spoke about with mo and emma as well about these tick boxes tick box exercises that people some companies do do don't they just feel, oh what yeah we'll do that that's done then i haven't got to think about that but you, it's not about just doing that I, w- I was always really conscious of that with the with sbt and i remember when we first launched the um the international women's day special that actually it wasn't just oh come march then i'm going to do an international women's mm. day special and then that'd be it for the for the rest of the year it's got to be that actually we celebrate women in the magazine throughout the whole of that year and every, every other month there's some another woman on the front cover it's not just okay i've got 11 issues with men on the front white middle-aged mm. men on the front cover and then i've got one because <laughs> that is a tick box exercise yeah, yeah. isn't it and that's me just going oh that's it and i'm done then it is trying to actually do that on a constant basis but actually from employees and as a business owner myself trying to understand f- different perspectives so for i'll give a really good example at a minute i'm, li- I'm, re- I'm listening i don't read because it takes me so long but I li- i'm listening to a book called invisible women which is mind-blowing actually and i every single man should listen to this to, to, to this um book because the statistics are just phenomenal on what women have had to put up with for so long and men go oh but everything's changed now and it is more equal we've got so far to go and i think that's for any minority groups actually we we come from it from a white middle-aged man privilege and we've got to understand that Mm. and i think you can only do that if you can start delving into it a little bit more and and really trying to actually understand and funny you say about the box ticking exercise because actually one simple thing that any business can do is first of all be it feels almost too on the nose sometimes but do a head count of, of your minorities and see where your gaps are and then 
when you're recruiting, just have a very simple policy that if someone applies and they tick one of the boxes that you're missing, and, and in this case, box ticking is okay because we're saying we want to be diverse. It's good for business. It's good for culture. So if you don't have someone from that particular minority, look out for them and just or they, they receive an interview, full stop. If someone applies from that minority, they receive an interview because it's not positive discrimination. It's not favoritism. You're just recognizing that they're from a minority and things are harder for them and you're giving them a chance to interview. And that's all you've done with every single other candidate. You've given them the chance to interview. So just by doing that, um, you're, you're heading in the right direction towards inclusivity, but you do have to make conscious changes to the way that you do things. You can't just hope that things will get better you're not going to have a diverse workforce if you don't change the way in which you recruit so a, a simple step like that is, is something that anyone can do um, for any role I think just that whole point of like breaking down barriers when it comes to minorities I know for connecting you know we're looking for investors and I spoke to some um, financial advisors working on my pitch deck and something like 17% of investment goes to female founded businesses and the rest goes to male founded businesses mm. and he recommended I go and talk to this female founded angel company because I would have more luck with them but I just want to bash that door down <laughs> of that room full of those pale stale men and um, get them to invest <laughs> in my company mm. thanks very much because I'm not sure it will help matters in terms of breaking no. that minority down if women always go to women or if the queer community only feels comfortable around the queer community you know when we're, we're not helping each other are we if we, if we stick just within our minority groups we've got to open that up and to your point Jeremy in that you know, in the UK, we have a lot more leniency for everything. We're very lucky here. And especially Brighton, we're in an amazing bubble in Brighton, which I'm very happy to mm. be like in my in my Brighton bubble, for sure. Mm. In terms of what's your view yeah. on that, Jeremy? In terms of, repeat the question. Just in sorry. terms of that point of making sure that we are, we can't just all stay in our in our groups. No, I think it's it's very easy to, to gravitate towards, a, it's a natural human behaviour. No, we were talking about, any form of our identity you know you you go abroad and some people are like they're like oh no it's a british pub oh, no. and they gravitate towards it it's just it's just part of who we are but i think one of the things which concerns me the most is there's parts of our community and this isn't a judgment on anyone because everyone has a right to react how they want where more division is created and i get for some people it's very hard to be able to push past if they've had trauma or their own past history is preventing them from doing this. But the more we go towards our own community and stick with it, the less chance there is of these conversations where I get to understand, you know, the plight of someone else and vice versa. And I think that's really important, but it has to be, it's a difficult one because there's a lot of people out there. You get me on my soapbox about um, how I've been discriminated and I am literally on the, you know, in terms of the discrimination I f felt growing up, I've been very lucky, but I've still been discriminated against. But there's a lot of people in our community who the statistics are horrific, particularly for the trans community about, you know, chance of violence, death, suicide, drug use, all these sorts of things. So I speak very carefully when I say all of that, but it's so important to try and be able to move past the anger and, and have conversations with people and connect and not stick with each other. But man, tell you what, sometimes going into some networking rooms and it's full of white straight men in suits, that is not a particularly nice experience for someone like me to walk in. And I'm a confident, outgoing human being and then sometimes I still hesitate. So imagine what it's like for people that are very vulnerable. Maybe they've just come out. 
I just want to make one more point about what you said is it's so important when we're thinking about in our business it's about going down to the individual level because the research that I did and the research I read up about was that identity manifests to different people in different ways um as a whole section I'm actually um slight plug I'm actually working on some training with um the senior lecturer at University of Sussex who um was my supervisor for the dissertation he's published a number of papers academic papers on this this exact subject so we're building and developing training for lgbt and non-lgbt individuals within companies to help first of all the non-lgbt uh, communities to help them understand us more but more importantly for me is supporting the lgbt community to deal with discrimination and identity management if you read up a how different people within the lgbt community manage their identity it's really complex and it's not straightforward and so some people their their lgbt identity doesn't factor in and isn't an important part of their overall identity and some people's some people's does but what's even more interesting is that it changes depending on where you are and who you're with so it's incredibly complex so Yes, workplace policies and practices are really important to show from the top down, this is how we deal with any circumstance within our business and they're incredibly important. But on the kind of grassroots level, on the on the lower levels down, um, you know, amongst the working teams, it's it's incredibly complex. So I think if you are a large company and you want to make a difference, reach out to these organizations um, you know, like Alex mentioned, Price 365, there's Stonewall, you know, there's lots of organizations out there who are waiting and smaller, you know, businesses as well and, and charities are waiting for companies to approach them to say, help us understand our community, your, you know, the LGBT community and how can we support them? Um, and, you know, and that's, that's the work that me and Ben are doing to develop this, to just start making meaningful changes. But it's it comes down, it's really important to think about the individual and how what matters to them and how they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with at that, at that moment there's so much support out there isn't and obviously you are also key supporters we'd love our listeners to be able to reach out for you so do tell us where we can get hold of you alex probably just find me on linkedin i'm alex ryan with a wavy hand <laughs> and i've got my pronouns up there brackets he him uh, mm. and also alexryanuk.com they're probably the best places to to come and grab me or just find my podcasts you know google you that as well find you Jeremy where can our listeners find you don't google me <laughs> <laughs> not for any dodgy reasons there's two really like there's two really very uh, famous people called Jeremy Jacobs so I'm like right down the bomb um, so all of my social media profiles are Jeremy Jacobs UK all one word um, which is Jeremy with a J um, and then or alternatively you can go to my personal website which is jeremyjacobs.co.uk and, and I'm happy to talk to anyone, reach out to me and come and have a chat. Amazing. Listen, thank you both so much. It's been an amazing, amazing show. I'm so, so grateful for you both coming on. Um, that's been epic, isn't it? It's, it's been amazing. And there's so much from this that we can, which we will take out and want to share with our audience. And obviously we will be on our podcast platform so you can re-listen again and again. Thank you again, you guys. It's been brilliant. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Lovely. Lindsay. Sam. That was that was a great conversation, wasn't it? Uh, just exceptional. There's so many takeaways from that. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, look, for me, the podcasting thing was brilliant. Love chatting about it. Some really key things for businesses. Look, 
basically you can do it it's a low barrier to entry right um i think a couple of really key points for me is that find your niche don't worry too much about the numbers just get something get it up and get it out there but actually know why you're doing a podcast why do you want to do it who your audience are and once you have started consistency and authenticity they're the key things for me it's always consistency isn't it always my takeaways from our pride conversation were how important it is to talk to your workforce and that's not just kind of you know manager to employees but for employees also to to manage up when it comes to talking about inclusivity across all minorities to lead from the top so for those small business owners and big business owners you've got to lead from the top and again to your point you've got to be authentic and consistent in the actions that you take and also look up pride 365 i thought that was a great shout happy pride everybody happy pride everybody we will uh, we'll see you in september you're listening to the brighton business show on radio reverb 97.2 fm